Hello, welcome to Tales from the Albright, a new podcast by the Scranton Public Library. Today we are going to discuss the Silkman House. Today our guest is Scott, who is the CEO of the Scranton Public Library. Hello. Today the Silkman House is used as the tech services department of the Scranton Public Library. This means it is where all of our materials go to get cataloged and then are distributed throughout the county. Throughout its history, however, it was a private residence and then the Providence branch of the Scranton Public Library. Located at 2006 Main Ave in Scranton, the Silkman House dates back to 1840. Aaron Silkman constructed the home from trees found in the woods that originally stood where the property is today. Because it was one of the first houses in the area, it is often given the title of Pioneer House. It is unknown what method was used to build the house, however. Popular theories include that an architect was hired by Aaron Burr Silkman, or that he just came up with the plan on his own and then built it himself from there. Regardless of the method of construction, the Silkman House was considered an example of true colonial design in the United States, and blueprints of it are located in the National Archives in Washington, D.C. In the Lackawanna Motorist, it states, the Silkman House belongs to a period of colonial architecture that is known as Neo-Greek Revival. It followed the Renaissance and patterned after Greek forms and simplicity of detail, often in the colonial work to the point of severity. The front portico of the Silkman House, with its four columns, is unusual in the fact that these columns are square instead of the tapered round columns used almost without exception. The interior of the two-story house includes a basement where the kitchen, dining room, and vegetable storage areas were originally located, the first floor that contained the living quarters, pantry, storage areas, and a bedroom, and then the second story that has the remaining bedrooms and storage areas. Later additions to the home included a nook on the second story and a sun porch. So I was going to cover the Silkman family um, because they're the ones that built it and then lived there for a good long while. They did. And their parrots. I'm very excited to talk about the parrot. Yes. (laughs) Aaron Burr Silkman was descended from John Silkman, who arrived from Germany in the 1700s. He would serve in the Revolutionary War His son Daniel would marry Joanna Brundage. She was a descendant of John Winthrop, who was one of the founding members of the Massachusetts Bay Colony. Daniel's grandchildren, William and Mary, would be some of the first people to live in the Silkman house. Aaron Burr Silkman would give the house to them six years after its construction in 1849. In return, Aaron received a farm in Taylor, Pennsylvania, which is very close by. He would eventually live in Scranton for a time before eventually dying in Vineland, New Jersey in 1895. William and Mary Silkman would raise their family in the house. During renovations in later years, items such as hoop skirts, rawhide trunks, handmade barrels, hats, canning supplies, and other family items were discovered. Some of the items, such as the old stove that is in the basement, are still in the house today. My favorite item, however, that we just mentioned was the parrot cage. So I want to take a deep dive into people owning parrots in American history because it was a lot more common than most people really, really. It's not a thing now. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no. (laughs) So in the very, very early days of the Americas, parrots weren't that common because they were too expensive to import. 
But they were one of the first birds that were transported back to Europe after colonization as a show of wealth. It was kind of how they also used pineapples as a show of wealth and hospitality. Yes. So if you were super rich, you could buy pineapples because they are very temperamental to grow. So people would display them on their like dining room tables and rent them out to prove that they were wealthy. Wow, I did not know that. Yes. That's very interesting. Yes. Um, so parrots and pineapples were kind of in the same ballpark. <laughs> the most famous pet parrot that I know of in American history was owned by President Andrew Jackson. Jackson bought one for his wife in 1825 for $25. Today, that would be about $686. The parrot, who was named Paul, was noted because it began swearing loudly at Jackson's funeral in 1945 and had to be removed by the house under orders from the reverend who was overseeing the funeral. So Jackson's parrot was purchased in Nashville, but it gives an idea of how much money it would have cost for a family to acquire one in the United States at the time. But the Silkmans had one as evidenced by the cage. The last Silkman to live in the household was Augusta Silkman, who passed away in 1937. At this point, the property was sold to a group of citizens to use the building as a library and cultural center. This included John W. Hulk, who was the chairman of the group, John R. Atherton, who acted as the treasurer, Reverend Gordon G. Kibler, who was a trustee of the Scranton Public Library. This transfer happened in November of that year when the group agreed to pay $2,000 for the property. In 1936, the house was surveyed as part of the Historic American Buildings Survey. As part of this process, photographs and floor plans were taken, and they can now be found on the Library of Congress website that I mentioned earlier in the episode. Created in 1933, the Historic American Building Survey was a program started by Charles E. Peterson, who was a pioneer in the field of historic preservation. It was a way to provide work for thousands of -of out-of-work architects to document America's antique buildings and then it would provide a way to reserve information on historic houses and provide employment during the Great Depression because there was a large fear that historic buildings would just disappear with no record and no one would know, and there would just be stories and no documentary evidence. Also in 1936, Congress would pass the Emergency Relief Appropriation Act of 1935. Under this act, the Works Progress Administration would be created and this program would help provide employment for 8.5 million people in jobs that ranged from creating infrastructure to working in the arts. As part of the Works Progress Administration, the Silkman House would be renovated and restored for future use. In an article published by the Scranton Tribune in September of 1938, the renovations by the Works Progress Administration were completed. The first floor had been completely restored, allowing the Providence branch of the Scranton Public Library to move into its location starting in the first week of October. It was estimated to take another month before the building as a whole would be ready for its grand opening. So organizing everything, putting books on the shelves, the whole nine yards. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot to be done in setting up a library. Yes. <laughs> on November 1st of 1938, the Silkman House was completely restored During the ceremonies, remarks were made by Thomas F. Kendi, who represented the Works Progress Administration, 
Harold A. Wooster, who was the chief librarian at the time, and Mayor Fred J. Huster. It also included a dedication ceremony for the Walter W. Winton Jr. Fountain that is located inside the building. It also included a historical exhibition located on the second floor. The building continued to be used as a branch library until December of 2005, when it would close due to low circulation numbers. At this point, the Lackawanna River Corridor Association, an environmental education organization, would expand into the first floor of the building. They had been operating out of the second floor of the Silkman House since 1996, with the Providence branch of the library operating out of the first floor. A few months later, in August 2010, a portion of funds from the Department of Energy's Energy Efficiency and Conservation Block Grant Program was awarded to replace the heating, ventilation, and air conditioning system within the Silkman House. The funds for this project were established as part of the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act of 2009 that was passed in an effort to revitalize the United States economy after the financial crisis of 2008. So twice in the history of the Silkman House, um, federal funding made available as a response to economic crisis, first the Great Depression and the Great Recession, mm -hmm. were used to help the Silkman House yes. twice. Yes. Never realized that before until you mentioned it. Yeah, the synergy between the two different eras. But. It's interesting to look at both because putting it in a linear fashion like this really makes it apparent. Yeah, makes it, yeah, definitely. After this was completed, the Silkman House began operating as the tech services department of the Lackawanna County Library System. This means, as I had mentioned in the beginning of the episode, it is where books, magazines, DVDs, audiobooks, board games, and more are processed and cataloged for each library in the county. Once this happens, the items are then sent to the libraries of the Lackawanna County Library System to be enjoyed by all of the patrons. When did you start working in the Silkman House? In 2010, after the HVAC system was installed and tech services moved there, um, one of my duties at that time was to oversee that department. So, um, you know, that's where, that's where I went. Yes. And, uh, it, was, it was quite a, the, the historical um, significance of the building is apparent when you're in there. Um, mm -hmm. Even the windows, some of the windows are original and you can see the way the glass is imperfect yes as glass should be from that era yes and um, so it was quite extraordinary to be there yeah it's interesting with the old glass how you see how they used to say that glass was a liquid because it's thicker at the bottom just due to gravity and how it's set and you can see kind of the ripples in it from when you look at old glass compared to more modern glass that is produced for buildings yeah so it was, it was um, a great place to work, that's for sure. Are there any plans for the future of the Silkman House at the moment? Basically, we take our responsibility for historic buildings very seriously. Um, and um, of, of, the, of the many things that have been done to the Albright to preserve that mm -hmm. and that will continue to be done, and next, Nancy K. Holmes as well um, is in need of some attention, especially when it comes to handicapped accessibility. Mm -hmm. And then um, Silkman House too, um, we have to continue to preserve it. And always an open question is, um, you know, 
what is the future of that building in terms of what the library can do with it. Mm -hmm. Right now it is a non-public building that is used for an internal function, an important one, but is there more that we can be doing with, with the space there? It is also adjacent to the, um, to, to the, um, to the trail system and, um, and there's a lot of things happening in the neighborhood um, with Black Scranton mm -hmm. establishing a community center there. So we're looking at the synergies in that community. So we're looking at the whole community now and as to what our role is there. So there's a lot that can happen. Yes. Yeah, I didn't even think that they're going to be like two buildings down now. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and again, the trail system you know, is mm -hmm. right there. Uh, so we talk a lot about what we can do with that building in the future. And, yes. you know, yeah. So we'll find out anything that happens at a later time and look forward to hearing about it. Um, is there anything that you would like to add about Silkman or its history or anything at all? It is, um, depending on who you ask, the oldest building in the city of Scranton. There is, um, you know, it, it, the Trip House, too, um, is of a similar era. Yes. And uh, the experts, um, you know, will can argue I don't claim to be one um, as to as to which mm -hmm. is older but um, you know it is uh, we're honored you know to to have that building mm -hmm. and um, you know it's such an important part of the history of Scranton yes. and that has seen so much mm -hmm. over its history so yeah I feel like it's also one of the iconic buildings when you're driving down Main Street even if people don't know that it's called the Silkman House once you begin to describe it they're like oh that's what that is yeah Absolutely. Iconic yes. is the word. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us You're today. You're welcome. My yes. pleasure. Next week, we'll be covering the Hyde Park branch of the library system that is no longer in existence. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please email me at aloney at albright.org. That is A-L-O-N-E-Y at albright.org. Or feel free to call the Scranton Public Library at 570-348-3000. Thank you.